Welcome to People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose is a podcast of inspiring people whose stories help you see things differently, live with intentionality, elevate the way you participate in the world, and take the necessary leaps in your life to seek and find your passions. Come with us and develop the courage to wholeheartedly pursue your purpose and unleash your truest potential. Own it. Like, own it. Whatever it is, who you are, whatever the assignment is, whatever, own it. You ought not take the things that are in you, the gifts, the purpose, the vision, the drive. That should not still be all left in you when you die. You need to disappoint the graveyard because you should not be taking that to the cemetery. Die empty. You cannot wait till you think it's the right time. We have to be able to do what is in us because it's not about us anyway. Tanya J. Miller is a certified life coach with over 18 years of experience working with youth, young adults, and women throughout the community and in ministry to pursue purpose, passion, vision, and destiny. A graduate with a BBA in finance and business management from Northwood University and an MBA from Regents University, she is also a certified Lean Six Sigma Greenbelt and Scrum Master. She is the owner of Tanya J. Miller LLC, where she is an accomplished author, motivational speaker, life coach, and leadership strategist. She has been happily married for almost nine years and currently lives in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Her purpose in life is to help people and organizations figure out how to fit the puzzle pieces of life together so that they can do life right and well. She does this by helping them to live life and leadership unapologetically on purpose. I loved getting to interview Tanya Miller. She's such an easygoing, flowing young woman who's just fully aligned with purpose. And the way that she speaks about her relationship with her husband is so beautiful, especially for me as a newly married man. She gave excellent advice for how to remain married and remain married both in and on your own sense of purpose and how to make that a together purpose, I think was super beautiful. She also has this idea that she stole from a mentor about how we must leave this world empty, that we must leave all of our purpose here on the earth. And so we should be giving our very all until we die so that we die empty. I think that is absolutely beautiful. And then having a Christian on the podcast for the first time in a while was also very refreshing. I myself am a Christian, have been my entire life, my wife is. And being able to speak to Tanya about how to be a Christian and how to still be in the world and influential in the world of purpose and to do so in a way that's like fully who she is. She's unapologetically on purpose and I absolutely love that. I just love her challenge towards the end of the interview also about how even though she had an MBA and got other degrees and so forth, she's an entrepreneur and she's all in on it. And I really identify with that. So what she says about how like use everything that's available at your current job to be able to get yourself certified, get yourself educated, and then make sure that you get yourself on a path that's yours was just a great, awesome challenge, I think, for people. So I'm really excited for people to get to meet Tanya. I highly encourage you to go check out her shop on tanyamiller.com and look at her message merch. It's just beautiful the way that she designs her shirts and some of the messages on it. 
It's awesome. She also has a mixtape, which I'm super curious about as well. So she's just such a fun-loving, easygoing person, and I know that you're going to enjoy today's interview with today's person of purpose, Tanya J. Miller. Hello, Tanya Miller, and welcome to People of Purpose podcast. It's lovely to have your presence right now on my video screen. Thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here with the People Purpose family, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you're part of the family. Like I did a lot of research on you before this interview, and there's just a lot of really interesting, unique ways in which you and I align. And then I think you provide a really refreshing, new perspective to the podcast um, that I'm really excited to dig into. Um, we were talking a little bit before the recording about all these different dynamics that you have going on in your life. You you know, you got an MBA, but also you're, you know, leading, you know, these very emotional, like purposeful, passionate vision, destiny type of talks. So it's really cool to meet somebody who's kind of this hybrid of like, let's, let's call it a hippie for lack of a better word. And also like highly (laughs) educated intellectual, as well as like a spiritual coach for people. Um, And then I'm also really excited because you're a Christian, just like me. Um, And so it's a, it's a good chance to kind of elevate that perspective on, you know, the spiritual path um, and just kind of hopefully bring people into a greater appreciation, understanding of Jesus. So I'll let you take it from here. Could you tell me a little bit about um, your purpose and kind of your own journey to, to walk into your purpose? Sure. So as Tanner said, my name is Tanya. Tanya J. Miller. Um, I'm an author, speaker, coach, and strategist. I've been kind of doing what I've been doing for a very long time. I tell people that they look at me and like, you don't even look that old. But um, as Tanner said, I'm a Christian. So not only am I a Christian, I am actually a preacher's kid. And so I've been helping and doing some aspect of ministry since I was probably like three or four years old, basically been doing stuff, but actually being a leader as well, probably since I was 16. But, um, you know, it's just been a part of who I am and what I do. One of the things I tell people is that early on, my dad kind of had a conversation with each of us and just kind of let us know that we're here for a purpose. We're here for a reason. And we can't take that lightly. And not only that, he taught us that, you know, not only can you not take it lightly, but it's imperative that we are where we're supposed to be and doing what we're supposed to be doing because we never know when we're supposed to encounter that person that's going to need an encouraging word, when that purpose that person is going to need um, a helping hand or that person is just going to need to, to have the relationship that they'll build with us for their next future phase of their life. So it always come, what comes to mind is the um, the story of the Samar- the Good Samaritan and how if he wouldn't have been walking on that path to go where he was going, he would have never encountered um, that individual that was in need. And so, you know, his normal path was just to go the way he was going, but it was that chance and that opportunity. Some call it fate, some call it destiny, but, you know, that opportunity where he was to be able to be a help and to serve, that was where the encounter is. And so I always remember that. And so it's, it's, it's always what stands in the gap, you know, when I feel like I get tired or when I feel like, you know, life is hitting me, I always remember it's not all about me. You know, it's about everything else and everybody else. And we're in this world together and we can't do life alone. Yeah, totally. I love that. Yeah. It's a, it's a team game we're all playing here in life. And, and I really like how in your purpose statement, you referred to 
this, this is like puzzle pieces of life that we need to fit together. And we have these gaps that we need to close. Why do you think of life as puzzle pieces? Honestly, I just, cause I feel like there's always these different things that happen, you know, um, you know, you may be one moment you're going to school, you know, in just regular high school, elementary, next minute, you're trying to figure out if you're going to go to college, if you're going to join the military, if you're going to get married, if you're going to, um, you know, go travel the world. And so all these different things are always happening. Life is always moving. And that's just your life, not to mention everybody else that you are related to, friends with, come into contact with. Everybody has puzzle pieces. And so we have to figure out how to do life and um, how to do it, you know, together and then how to make the most of the life that we have and, and fit it and fit it to where it makes the most sense and where it's one that we're doing purpose unapologetically. So, yeah, it, it's everybody, everybody, everything, it's a puzzle piece. And we're always trying to see what fits and what goes. But at the end of the day, the reason why I call it a puzzle is because puzzles all still work out. It, it has a big picture. It has an overall um, mission. It has an overall purpose and vision that is going to come to pass in the end. So we might not see it or feel it at the time, but it's going to work together. Yeah, definitely. And I, I really like that you do frame it as a puzzle because it's so true. It's like you have your little small part piece to play in life and the puzzle doesn't come together until you know, you know, what your shape is, what your size is, where you fit. Um, and so this whole like walk of purpose, or I refer to as like a path of purpose, um, it involves this self-awareness or this knowledge of, of who you are and whose you are um, to be used. I mean, I really, you know, respect that you're helping people to find how they fit into the overall puzzle. And you said you do so by helping them to do life and leadership unapologetically on purpose. Tell me a little bit about more of that, that phrasing. <laughs> Why do you focus on life and leadership unapologetically on purpose? So I guess it's because it's the reason I say life and leadership. One, I'm like a absolute nerd. That's the nerd part of me coming out the leadership. I'm a nerd when it comes to leadership. Like I study it. I, I, I look at all of, you know, the books and the, the greats and, you know, all of the, um, even just some of the, you know, uh, psychologies behind it, you know, disc and enneagrams and all those different things. I'm just a nerd. And then I, I love servant leadership as well. And so um, I feel like, you know, we have to figure out how to do life, but we also have to figure out how to be the leader, the leader of our own individual life, the leader of the assignments that we have that we're supposed to do, the leader um, and that can pull out the purpose in us. So I I, 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 I emphasize that because that goes from not just a personal thing, but to a, a um, group thing, a, a overall, um, if you will, organization. And so, yes, you have individual goals, but you also have things that we have to do together. And so whatever parts you play in it, you're still a leader of that piece that you play in that part you play. So um, that's where the life and leadership comes. But unapologetically uh, comes from the fact that literally own it, like own it, whatever it is, who you are, whatever the assignment is, who, whatever, own it. Like don't be sideways. Don't be wishy-washy. Don't be wavery. Don't be fearful. Don't be afraid. Whatever it is that you're to do, own it. Be unapologetic about it. Be bold, unashamed, and, uh, and unafraid. Like, that's your thing. Go for it. 
Hallelujah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Such a like an anthem. I'm like, I'm, yeah, I feel so empowered to go for who I truly am. Yeah. And it's so true. Like no matter how weird you are or like, you know, off the beaten path you are, you, you have a purpose and you're there and it's, and it's awakening your heart and your passion for a reason. You need to keep looking into that. It's not about Absolutely. following the paths of others or the paths that people have prescribed you. Those are all influences, of course, but it's about digging into your own self and looking at yourself in a raw, honest way. And yeah, you don't need to apologize to anyone. Ultimately, you would have to apologize to yourself if you live a life, you know, of regret not living within your purpose. So exactly, totally exactly. want to echo what you're saying. Yeah. Take me through your bio a little bit. I'm, I'm sure that you didn't just always have these wise words of wisdom to share, that there was a time maybe that you weren't you know, feeling so purposeful. Um, how did you transition from kind of a cloudiness around purpose to you know, living and breathing exactly in your purpose today? Gotcha. So, um, you know, kind of one of the crazy things that I, I I was literally just talking about this with my husband and I was just kind of reminiscing, you know, sometimes you reminisce. And I was thinking, you know, how I got to here. And I'm a, I'm the person that I, I say, I tell anybody I have no regrets. Everything happens for a reason. And it was all a part of the plan of to get me to where I am now. And so I was starting to think about, like I said before, like I've been being, you know, trained in public speaking at three and four years old. I'd been, you know, helping out and kind of running organizations and, you know, back offices and businesses when I was, you know, in elementary school and middle school and high school. And it was just the opportunities that I got. And it was sometimes because nobody else stepped up. And so I didn't want to allow something, if I could figure it out, if I could help, if I could do it, let me step in and try and figure it out and learn it. And so I wouldn't say that this was originally how it was to end, but it definitely, um, I see the roots of it and how it began. Originally, I had a nonprofit organization um, called the 20s AD. 20s being your age, kind of the 20, 20, 20 to 29. And then 20s, of course, because it was the 2000s. So I had to play on that. And the AD was arriving at Destiny. But it was just about, I'm a big proponent of mentorship. And so my nonprofit was around mentorship for young adults and kind of figuring out their gifting and um, having, you know, figuring out how to pair them up with, you know, individuals that maybe are already there and can help them you know, bring, you know, help them to get to where they're trying to go, have some um, time to be able to just ask questions and different things like that. And so um, I had that before I got married and um, after I got out of college. And I had a blog as well called Talking with Tanya. And so um, I ended up having because I relocated basically <laughs> I reload I got when I got married I got relocated and I just kind of figured it was kind of difficult to still manage the nonprofit um with everybody and kind of everything in Texas because the internet wasn't that strong back then we didn't have as much as we have now and so I ended up dissolving the nonprofit and I also had a business as well um that I was helping um do business consulting and so I ended up dissolving both of those but I kept a blog called Talking with Tanya. And I literally have realized how that was the first step. The nonprofit may not have worked, the business may not have worked, but how I ended up with Tanya J. Miller LLC and Talking with Tanya, the brand, 
it was because of everything that happened along the way. And I ended up being able to marry both things that I was doing in the nonprofit and in the business and to package it into what I do now as an author, speaker and coach um, and strategist as well. But, you know, of course, as you said, life happens in between that. So, you know, a lot definitely. Um, I tell people like I've talked to Tanya has been around for I think now close to 15 years, I said, but if, don't go back too far <laughs> because there'll be some gaps because, you know, I have to live some life in between there. You know, like I said, I got married, I got relocated um, to the East Coast. Um, I had a lot, you know, of health challenges as well. And, um, you know, we had a lot of, um, we got married uh during the economic crisis, the recession here in the in the states, and so that hit. So a lot happened for sure, but it never. Um, every every time you know something happened, every time um, there was a loss, every time there was a struggle, every time there was something, I kept being reminded that um, you 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 need to write. You need to write because that's where you get your release. You need to write. You need to you know help. And, and I know this may sound crazy, but you need to talk about what you have going on so that you can help somebody else. Because if you hold it all in, nobody else will be able to experience um, your breakthrough for themselves and be able to know that they can get another breakthrough as well. And so I started back writing, you know, even with all of that, I started back writing and eventually I ended up deciding to publish a book that actually was kind of a journal to myself. Um, five years later, I published a book and that was kind of, hey, maybe you should start a business. <laughs> so that was, you know, I got the, you know, the word, if you will, from the Holy Spirit to, you know, pull that book out and, hey, maybe think about publishing the book and starting a business. And that's kind of where it all happened. And it just really um, started being made plain. And I've, you know, as they say, I've been running ever since. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a beautiful story. And I'm sure every little thing within that has its own story as well that, you know, where you had to really dig deep and understand and live from your purpose to move forward. I really like how you, you kind of framed this impulse to write that you just feel the calling. You got to write. It's going to help you get unstuck. It's going to bring other people forward. Um, and I just wanted you to like share a little bit more about that. Like, what is it about writing for you that you feels unlocks so much of your understanding of your purpose? Um, I think for me, you know, some people say their form of therapy is journaling or they say um, theirs is working out, you know, or unfortunately theirs is eating cookies and ice cream. <laughs> you know? But, uh, you know, for me, I just, I, I know when I get stuck and when I get in my own head that that's the enemy attacking me and that's the enemy trying to make me defeat myself. And so whenever I can get out of my own way and not allow um, the enemy to continue to keep negative thoughts and, you know, a, a non-helpful frame of mind, when I can stop that and, and really get focused in, I know there's a nugget, like you said at the beginning, um, when we were starting with our prayer, I know that there's a nugget. I know there's a lesson in this. And if 
I've been through this, that's kind of, and it goes back to kind of my dad. You know, if I've been through this, I've went through this and I've come out on the other side, I want to help somebody else. That's really like what I was telling the two major things I like love in life are leadership and mentorship, because that's my whole essence in mentorship. Like, I feel like if you've been there, please tell me so I don't have to go there, you know, help me learn the lessons, help me see it before you know, if you see me doing and making those wrong steps, help me, help me so that I can be better so that I can help the next person that's coming back alongside of me. And so when I think of my writing, it's my form, even if you will, of leadership and mentorship as at the same time. Like, I want to help you so that you don't have to go through the same things that I went through. I want to help you so that, you know, you don't have to battle the same battles and, and engage with the same things that, you know, sometimes are unnecessary. If somebody tells you and points out, hey, I see you doing this and that, you might want to think about it doing it this way because you will save a whole lot of time. And so that's really how, you know, what writing does for me and, and how it helps me to get unstuck because it reminds me I can help somebody else. I can get out of my own way and then I can help somebody do the same as well. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I know what you said about leadership and mentorship too. I just want to really echo, like it's, it's tremendous to, to surround yourself with people that help you to rise up, that help you to see, you know, ways in which what you're calling the enemy has like really blocked you or, or told you no um, and how to decipher whether you're on the wrong path or you're on the right path. You just have hit a little bit of a roadblock. Um, could you, who is like one of your main mentors um, and, and kind of how, how have they influenced you just to kind of ground this as an example? So um, he's not alive anymore, actually. And I, he's, so there's this thing in the States they call, you know, there's a show, Wendy Williams, and she always says the friend in my head. And so my mentor in my head, um, I actually didn't meet him though, was Dr. Miles Monroe. He's, like I said, I'm a big proponent of leadership. And so he is um, very much and was very much a proponent of leadership and purpose. Like he wrote like, I, I think we have at least 25 of his books um, or 22 and he signed all of them, um, got to meet him, heard an awesome um, message and talk that he had gave at Norfolk State University many years ago. But he, I literally, even though he's not there, I will literally sit at the feet when I'm reading his books, when I'm listening to his books, when I'm watching something that he's taught on or something like that. Because he, I feel like he's the godfather of leadership. Like, <laughs> like he is just, you know, all knowing when it comes to it. And it, like you have said before, it marries both the intellectual and uh, the spiritual and the educational as well. He he has all aspects in it when you're looking at. It. He's talking to you from the corporate boardroom to the family to you know the church sanctuary. He's talking on all levels and so um I'm I, I I that if you will I mentor I look at him as a mentor because he's embodying where I see myself and where I want to go I want to be able to help you do life and leadership I want to help you be able with your family with your everyday life also when you're you know working in your organizations in your community and you know in in, in, in corporate America I want to be able to help you to see how you can fit it all together. So he is very much like, I've got emotional. Like I, yeah, like he's like my, yes. 
Yes, he's amazing. I know he's not alive anymore, but if you have not read or heard of Dr. Miles Monroe, go get his books, especially The Purpose and Power of Vision. Like, oh my God, like, yes. <laughs> I used to gift it. I used to gift that book to so many people um, because it's really that powerful. Hey guys, this is your People of Purpose podcast host, Tanner Badgley. Would you find value in receiving a very short email every other weekend that helps you grow on your path of purpose? The People of Purpose newsletter, or POP for short, is an email where I share with you the most interesting things I've recently discovered, have been thinking about, or implementing into my life to help you more purposely pursue your purpose. It will include a short story, some words of wisdom to help you be more purposeful during your day, and an update on how the last guest has inspired me and how they can inspire you too. So take a small step of action right now by sending a quick email to peopleofpurposepodcast at gmail.com, letting us know you would like to receive the POP newsletter. Just include People of Purpose newsletter in the subject header and you'll receive the very next one. Here's to becoming People of Purpose. It's so cool how we can find these mentors through books. Um, and, you know, you get really into their headspace, reading 22 books, you know, and, and then teaching what he te- what he writes about in his book. And this holistic approach to life is, is what, what we got to do. It's not about compartmentalizing and say, I'm going to be purposeful in my business, but not in my family life or vice versa. Like, it's about this holistic approach to purpose. And I, I, want, I want to check him out. I've actually never heard of him, which is kind of unbelievable to me at this point, because you know, I've had 60 different interviews. I do a lot of <laughs> personal development work myself for a decade now at this point. And I haven't heard of him. So this is super exciting to me to have a new influence. Yeah. One of the things um, he says, um, he said that I actually talked about this week. Um, if you're a basketball fan, um, you've heard that Kobe Bryant passed away. And one oh, of yeah. the things that um, Dr. Miles Monroe always said was that, um, you ought to leave this world um, empty. And people are like, wait, what? What do you mean? Like, yes, you need to die empty. You need to get to the graveyard and disappoint the cemetery. Meaning everything that you're assigned to do, all of the purpose, it needs to be left here in this earth with the people as your legacy. You ought not take the things that are in you, the gifts, the purpose, the vision, the drive. You not That should not still be all left in you when you die. You need to disappoint the graveyard because you should not be taking that to the cemetery. Die empty. And so that's one of his like, most powerful statements that he's made. And he's quoted all across the world um, for saying die empty. But it's so true. Not just about the thing with Kobe Ryan, but period. You know, we purpose is something that we give out. We don't keep it for ourselves. We don't leave it all in us. It's about a legacy and we have to do our part. We, we, we have to be able to do what is in us because it's not about us anyway. Wow. That's gorgeous. And yeah, we're recording this interview January uh, 28th. Um, so Kobe Bryant just died, um, I think two days ago. That hit me hard for sure. Like I've been a major fan of him my whole life. He was my favorite basketball player to watch as a kid. Modeled a lot of my street balling skills off of him. <laughs> um, but yeah, like he had a much greater mission than just basketball. You could see what he was doing in his daughter's life for the WNBA, um, as well as like he's doing business stuff now. I, I was watching some of his like media channel a year ago and he was creating like animated short 
films on like life wisdom is like really cool. Yeah, he won an Oscar. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like and it's gorgeous and like it's really cool how you know he he played basketball at the highest level possible, which you know is not the most relatable thing for everybody, but he has a certain thing with with his purpose that is incredibly relatable. It's like dig deep be an excellent person, go for, you know, the very top version of who you can be every single day. And this whole like, you know, mantra is something that we can all tap into and relate to. And I think that's something that Kobe did a wonderful job with, with his life. So really grateful to have Kobe Bryant, um, you know, be alive at the same time Kobe Bryant was, that was incredible. And I feel for his family right now. Definitely prayers up for sure for everyone that was involved. Um, Tanya, can you tell me about your, your Christian faith? I know that it, it plays a significant roles in shaping your purpose. Not all of our guests have been Christians in the past on the podcast. Um, so I wanted this to be like a chance to kind of elevate, you know, something I believe in, which is, you know, Christianity and Jesus Christ. So could you share me uh, with me about the role that your Christian faith plays in shaping your purpose? Sure. So I am a believer, kind of like what you were saying before, you know, I don't necessarily have to put it that I'm a, you know, Christian author or that I'm a Christian speaker. Um, My values are going to stand my, you know, my, my belief, my beliefs, my ethics, my integrity, how I just present myself are going to be what you're going to see. And at some point you're going to realize, okay, she's different. Like she has something different and I want to get to know that. And so it's kind of when, when, when it's kind of the same similar way that I, how I presented um, myself, even as a Christian, but even in my um, business, I want you to see me as a person first so that you'll know that I'm human just like you. I don't need you to put me on a pedestal. I don't need you to, um, you know, think that I can do no wrong. You know, as um, there's a thing in the Southern part of the United States where there's this, oh, they're a preacher's kid. There's a preacher's kid. Like, oh, they, 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 they're this and that and all of that. But we're human. And I think maybe growing up that way, it made me realize that, you know, I want you to see me for me first and realize that I make mistakes like you. I'm not perfect. I will not get everything right. I do not get everything right. I may say the wrong thing. I may have to, um, you know, apologize, but that's the difference maker. I'm, I'm going to be convicted. I'm going to know that that's not okay. And I'm going to be able to be reminded of, you know, my core values, the things that um, God has said about me or God wants from me. And I'm going to be reminded that I should echo that in this earth. I should be able to look or sound something like him. And I don't have to tell you who I am, but you'll be able to figure it out. And so that's kind of, um, you know, how I presented and how I am. Um, You know, I definitely never try to hide, but I also um, present as well the love, you know, the love of um, acceptance and who you are and what you're about. You know, um, the crazy thing, um, a lot of people have asked, it's crazy that you're asking me about this, but a lot of people have asked, you know, Tanya, why don't you try and get, you know, more opportunities in the church or doing this and that? And I was like, well, I don't really think I'm for the church. And they will be like, wait, what, Tanya? Like, what? And I was like, because I feel like um, my message is one and who I am that um, 
I know that I have something to say to the people that are hurting, to the people that may never go to a church, to people that may never talk to a preacher, the people that, that may never um, pray. And so if I'm able to be used and to be a witness in some kind of way, they, they find out about me, they see me, they hear me, they touch me, they read a book and I help to change their life. I've done my part. And so that's more of where I am. Cause at the end of the day, absolutely. I'm going to tell you your purpose comes from within and that within that power that comes from Jesus and the Holy ghost and God. So absolutely tap in and there's a stronger power. There's a, there's a bigger and greater that's in you, but I want to still first hit you with, I see you. I hear you. I understand where you're at. I understand what you're dealing with. And I need you to know that you're important. I need you to know that you're loved. I need you to know that I see you and I want to help you. And that's my mission. And so my servant's heart, like I said, I'm, I, I am a servant leader first. And so I'm going to serve. And that's how you're going to see everything, my beliefs, who I am, and me as a believer show up in what I do and, um, and in my business. I want to serve. And so you're going to see me serving. And through me serving, I'm going to be just like that good Samaritan. And you're going you're gonna to hear about, you're going to see and hear about who I am and who he is. Yeah. Wow. This is incredible that we overlap like this. I actually just had a conversation with um, a couple of members of my podcasting team with people of purpose about this. Um, they are very much like unapologetically Christian. Um, they're heavily involved in church and ministry and discipleship and so forth. Um, and they're like, Tanner, let's get more Christian guests. Tanner, let's like, stop focusing on these other ways of accessing like spirituality and dig more into the Christianity thing. Um, and it's really great to have that influence, but I said exactly what you did is like, I don't know if like my role is meant to be inside the church. It's the one that's like on that boundary where you're crossing over and immersing yourself in another culture, another mindset, understanding people like for who they are beyond just their culture, understanding their culture and how it influences you know, their belief systems and who they are and just showing that unconditional love and support and being like someone that can be a conduit and guide them into their sense of purpose. Um, and I know that regardless of where they're born or what belief system they were raised in or whatnot, I know whose they are. I know that, you know, God created them, that they have the Holy Spirit within them and that, you know, Jesus Christ died. I'm going to sacrifice himself for them. Um, and so I feel very strong in my ability to go into those areas and not you know, waver in my faith. If anything, I feel really strong in my faith by doing that. Um, so it was like a really emotional and powerful conversation to get to have with my team on these kind of topics and to really understand more of, you know, what the People of Purpose brand is actually about. Because um, like you said, like with your own, I don't consider this to be a Christian brand. There's certainly Christian elements because the hosts and every member of our team is actually Christian. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm featuring like an ayahuasca shaman. I'm featuring yoga teachers. I'm featuring, you know, lifetime meditators. I'm featuring artists. I'm featuring people that are philosophers. All of this is okay to feature. I'm focusing on purpose. Um, and it's really interesting to see the universal ways in which we all, can all tap into our purpose. And then it's my hope and my prayer that when people can tap into their sense of purpose, that's when they come closer to understanding their creator and their creator's purpose for them. Um, and so I'm just kind of at that beginning stage of, you know, people's journey. I want to show people the way that is maybe different than they've ever been exposed to. 
Um, and then people from within the church can take them along at some point along the way. But I want to be out there, you know, at the, at the border. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so that's awesome. That's really cool that you're a Christian um, with that. And another element that I find really, really interesting with you that we also have this crazy overlap in is around business. Um, <laughs> okay. You're an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. Um, and you went and got an MBA, actually. You are certified Scrum Master. I've just read the Scrum book and I'm like <laughs> our oper- I'm our operations uh, manager for um, my real estate investment company. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot about how to like manage tasks and accountability and what roles and responsibilities within the company we need to be in. And I'm like the high level visionary CEO kind of person. And then I have two business partners on my real estate company that are off doing sales and marketing and acquisitions and um, like renovating properties and analyzing spreadsheets and so forth. That's not my game as much. Um, (laughs) So it's been really, really rewarding to like see these overlaps between my personal development as, and my business development and how like synchronizing them can really lead to a more purposeful existence um, and manifestation of my purpose. So I wanted to know from you, like, how have your business skills, your MBA program, how has this helped you to realize your purpose today? So remember, so I shared with you guys that I had a nonprofit and a business. And so what landed is what the business I have now. And it was basically realizing, um, you know, I'm I guess I would say I'm a good listener. (laughs) I'm a very good listener. And I can hear a lot of times what you can't say and what you can't conceptualize or what you're trying to do. And so that's where my heart as, um, you know, a strategist and organizational strategist comes in. And then even in then game planning and, you know, coming in, trying to help you game plan and get a strategy, you know, with even just talking with your leadership or helping them, you know, the CEO might have an idea of where he's trying to take it, but he can't communicate it or he can't flow it out to be able to, you know, get the whole team on board. And so that's where my mind comes. I listen <laughs> and, um, you know, it's my gifting as well. My spiritual gifts, um, you know, so I'll add this along with purpose comes spiritual gifts as well. The gifts are without repentance and they are things as well that God put in you um, through the Holy Spirit that are activated. And, you know, there's all different types of gifts that we all are given. Everybody has one or some. And so um, some of my spiritual gifts also activate themselves in my business and how I um, flow and uh, work um, in organizational leadership and strategy and development and things like that. But um, my MBA is actually from a very popular um, East Coast Christian school. And so one of the reasons um, my undergrad was actually from a Christian school as well, but it wasn't necessarily like at the like they weren't saying they were like overly Christian but we had a chapel and all of that on campus and different things but um one of the reasons I picked my MBA program was because of the elements of marrying the business and the leadership and the spiritual holistic aspect if you will um you know and really digging deep into that and so I was able to continue that same thread, if you will, of that holistic approach as I was pursuing my MBA. And then throughout my career, I began to kind of, as like I said, you start to 
see um, trends <laughs> of things you're good at. And I started to see, I may have a job title, but I always end up on a project. And so I was like, hmm. And I started really looking back and I was like, I'm a, I think I really am a person that does well and excels in project um, type roles, in change management type roles, in, uh, in you know, uh, readiness, you know, disaster recovery or those type of readiness. Like, you know, I'm that person that, you know, they come with, with, um, you know, even process improvements, testing those out, talking about them, coming up with them. And so I was like, well, what type of, you know, additional education like is in that area and that can focus. And of course, people are familiar with PMP, but I began to hear about Scrum as well. Um, it's probably been maybe not eight, seven, eight, nine years now when I was working at NASA and um, they were kind of talking about sprints and um, scrums and all these things. I was like, well, what is that? And it basically uh, it's about being, um, if you will, basically the same thing, like um, not being afraid to try it, throw it, try it out there before you spend all this money and you want to continue to stay down this one path, try it out, see if it works, do a, basically fail fast, if you will. And so um, I was like, yeah, like, why don't companies do that? Like, why do they spend three million when it was broke at 30,000? You know? <laughs> and so I literally just got engulfed in that. And then it was crazy. I ended up as one of my projects in my MBA, my mother-in-law, we went to um, the BMW plant. And um, I think it's in North Carolina here in tech in the U.S. I think it's the only um, plant that's in BMW um, in the U.S. where they um, bring in the BMWs and they finish them out. And their process is all about um, lean from um, Six Sigma, which I'm also um, green belt and lean Six Sigma. And so I was like, oh, my God, like they think like how I think. I was like, oh. And so um I just that's the nerd part of me. And so I was like, I got to learn as much as I can because I want to teach this and I want to make this applicable to not just work, not just corporate, but also your daily life, because you can apply those same things in your regular everyday life and be able to take small steps, be able to kind of see if it's not working, fail fast, you know, come up with a better approach, you know, work out some of those things. And so I apply that balance of life and leadership with what I've also continued in my education as well. So I, I got excited. I, I get a little nerdy. So forgive me <laughs> when I started talking about it. I love it. I love it. Well, if you ever retire and want to join a company, um, we need someone uh, with your level of experience and expertise. Um, tell me a little bit about more about your marriage. I, I can see that it's so important to you that you listed it in your bio. I um, mean, you've mentioned it several times so far. Uh, I guess I could yeah. briefly tell you about my myself in relation to marriage. I just got married uh, November 30th. Congratulations. So wow, two you're months a newlywed. Ago. <laughs> yeah, I'm a newlywed. <laughs> um, and then more so than that, I got married to my uh, Thai wife. So I was living in the U.S. making this decision on what we're going to do. Um, we have been you know, dating for three years. And I was just like, she can't come into my country. I don't understand. What am I going to do? We got to get married. Let's go for it. And so I moved back to Thailand to get married. And now we're like saying goodbye to so many things in her life here. Um, and uh, in 
two months will be arriving in the US and she's going to be getting a green card and you know all this sort of thing and we're going to be moving back home uh, where I grew up for the first time since I was like 18. I'm 28 now. Um, I've been all over the world and stuff in the meantime. Uh, and so like marriage is very, very much like top of mind for me right now. I can see okay. you know, how impactful and meaningful it is and wonderful. And I just want to be the best husband I possibly can be while still having my business and still you know, living life unapologetically on my purpose. Um, and so tell me about your marriage and kind of what you learned about, you know, how a healthy marriage can help influence your path of purpose. Absolutely. So um, my husband and I, we, in June this year, we will have been married 13 years together, almost 18, long time, feels forever. Um, <laughs> but, you know, as I've said, you know, we got married at the height of the recession. And mm -hmm. so we learned real well some of those vows about for better, for worse, for richer, and for very, very poor. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, like I mentioned, I relocated, so I didn't have a job. Because um, apparently I was overqualified, so they didn't want to hire me, which was crazy. I'm like, if I'm applying, just hire me. Don't worry about it. They were like, no, you're going to leave. I was like, oh, my God, I need a job. <laughs> but, um, you know, I tell people um, I don't take any of what we went through for granted. When I tell people our story, they're literally shocked and amazed. Um, we went through seven years of our first seven years of marriage, we were either laid off or unemployed six times between the both of us. So that's like one person a year, one time a year, one person wasn't working. And, um, you know, it was very hard and we had to really learn to um, depend on each other. We had to learn to um, fight fair. We had to learn to really, um, make a decision that we wanted our marriage because like I said, one time, okay, two times, okay, six times, like a lot of people are like, uh-uh, I'm done, you know? But, and that wasn't the only thing, you know, that wasn't the only challenge. I also, um, during that time as well, I have some health conditions and I was very sick, like really sick, um, like really, really sick. And I was sick a lot. And, um, you know, I was away from home, away from family. Um, so I definitely can, I won't be, you know, across the water from, you know, the ocean like your wife will be, but I definitely, you know, will be able to resonate not being able to just hop on a plane and go home and see your family. So, you know, you, you have to learn and figure out how to come together and, and really build that oneness because it's, it's a lot, you know, you sometimes, you know, the different personalities and mindset, you know, when one, when one, one person is stressing, they may come closer where another person they're stressing, they may want, you know, to work it out internally in themselves. And so you have to learn to appreciate the differences in the approach as well to how people, um, you know, deal with conflict, deal with stress, deal with life as well. So you definitely will learn that. But more importantly, um, I think we both have literally began to uh, appreciate our differences and realizing that it's our differences and uniquenesses um, that really make us who we are and who we are individually is what makes us the best collectively as one. And so, um, 
it's definitely been a journey. You know, I tell people all the time, like we've been together almost eight, 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 almost 20 years, but we still learn new things about each other. We still face new things. We still have, you know, you know, do, um, problems, you know, um, I would say, you know, in this last year, we probably have dealt with so much loss that a lot of people would be like, are y'all okay? Like, are y'all alive? Like, are y'all okay? But it, it, if it would not have been, number one, for God just giving his comfort and sending his comfort or to, to hold us, to keep us, to cover us and, and to make us whole. And then for us to be able to lean on each other. Like I was, um, I don't know if you're familiar with T.D. Jakes here in the States, but he actually did, him and his wife, Sarita, just did a second part to the series that they had did called um, Model Homes. And um, the second part came out this past Sunday. And he was just talking about, and they were just talking about how, you know, at each level and who you are as a person, when you grow individually, you're going to need something different from your spouse. You're going to need something and, and you're going to have to be able to say what you need, but also that spouse is going to have to be able to give it as well because we're continually growing. And who I was when I first met my husband almost 20 years ago is not who I am now, but I don't want to not be with him either. So I want him to learn and see what I need now. And I want to be able to give him what he needs now because ultimately we made a decision and the decision that we made, we know that we're in this together. And so whether we individually are doing purpose and individual things we're called to, we're still supporting each other. He's waiting on me right now to help him. He's actually in real estate too. He's waiting on me right now to help him do some stuff for real estate he got back in. So, you know, we both are able to help each other with the strengths that we have and we're able to, um, support and pair and, and, and support each other with individual things. But at the end of the day, it's still all one. It's still collectively me doing something for us, him doing something for us. It may just be he's leading it or I'm leading it, but we're still just one. So definitely congratulations to you guys. And I know, and I believe um, you guys are going to have a great time. It'll definitely be some growing, but it'll be some good growing. Thank you for listening to part one of this interview with Tanya Miller on unapologetically doing life and leadership on purpose. Be sure to listen to next week's episode as we wrap up our conversation with Tanya talking about her personal brand, Tanya J. Miller, LLC, her personal wisdom regarding the separation of money and purpose, and the importance of legacy and doing purpose for a greater reason.